Many of you guys don't know this, but I met Joey when he was 13 years old. He's the first kid, the first dude I ever discipled and mentored and walked through uh, life with. And so, so this has been like a dream come true, not only for him, but for me. I mean, for years, at thir- he wanted to plant a church at 13. Guys, could, could y'all imagine that? That's just pretty wild, right? I've had to kind of hold him back for years and now he gets to kind of, kind of live out that dream of planting a campus and he's crushing it. And thank you, you guys for your generosity, the way that you guys have loved him, that you guys have surrounded him and, and, and knighted him to go out into Sandy Springs. Uh, he couldn't have done that without you. Hey, I have my dad in town. Dad, what's up? You're there. Hey, yeah, he's here. Dad, I've, I've made it. No, I'm kidding. I haven't. But um, hey, uh, man, my dad, my dad rescued dad. If it wasn't for your rescue of me when I was 11 years old from a broken home and family, I called my dad at 11 and said, dad, do you love me? If you love me, you'll let me come live with you. At that moment, I was living with my mom, didn't know anything about Jesus and church. And, and my dad goes, it's a little more complicated than that, Ryan. And uh, I'm like, well, if you love me, I'll be out there in the next month. <laughs> And uh, somehow, someway, dad, you managed to, to, to bring me out there, pay child support for me, even though I was living with you. Crazy scene. And because of your love and pursuit of me, I'm able to be the man, the believer of Jesus uh, that I am. So thank you, dad. I'm going to be really nervous today. Well, let's jump into this thing. So it was 1860. And while the United States was fighting in the middle of the Civil War, Spain invaded Mexico. And during the Battle of Puebla, Spain sent 65 men into the Battle of Puebla with supplies for their army. But as they were entering into the city, they were surrounded by the Mexican army. At first, these 65 men thought to themselves, we could take the 500 men. Us against them, we can take them. But as a few hours passed by, they looked around and they realized they were surrounded on all four sides and there was 2,000 men against 65 French men. For 11 hours, these French men fought for their lives. And for 11 hours, these 65 men, they took down 600 Mexican troops. But after 11 hours, two French men remained. And they had one option, surrender or death. Stone Creek, look right at me for a second. Many of us in our lives, we've had years and years of great success. Your your business deals have gotten better and better. But then sometimes, and maybe this has happened in your life, our our life has just taken an awkward turn. And maybe we're blaming it on COVID, but maybe it was starting, starting to happen way before COVID entered into our world. Maybe you began to feel distant. Maybe it's because you haven't been able to travel in months. Maybe it's because it feels like you haven't got away from your kids in years. Maybe it's because the bonus check wasn't as big as you thought it was, but but something in our lives have taken a turn. And as we look at our lives, we really have two choices to make. If we believe that our life in 2019 will just somehow become our life in 2021, that's going to lead to death. If we believe just by some kind of magical way that our life will just turn back to the good old days, the good old days of marriage, the good old days of finance, the good old days of relationship. And if we're just clinging to the hope of the past, it's going to lead to death. But if we surrender to our spouse, If we surrender to our past success, 
if we surrender to the hope of what we thought our life would look like or ourselves would look like at the end of 2020, there might be hope for you. Look right at me. You're in the middle of a dilemma. Death or surrender? Let me pray real quick. Jesus, thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for this place. Thank you so much for these people. I pray, Jesus, right now that you sub me out and you sub in. I pray, Jesus, that you, you call in a pinch hitter and you enter into the scene and you step at home play. And I pray, Jesus, somehow, some way, you interpret my words into the hearts of these people. And I pray we leave changed. I pray we leave more in love with you. I pray we leave believing in, in, in an aspect and a character about you that we didn't believe before. I pray, Jesus, that you collide with our lives today and we leave different. In Jesus' name, amen. So for the last 10 weeks, we've been in the series based around Jesus. If you're new to our church, we're a Jesus-centered church. We're a Jesus-centered people. We preach Jesus, we talk about Jesus, we love Jesus. And for the first eight weeks or seven weeks, we talked about Jesus being over everything. That there's no excuses, there's, there's no 2020, there's no stress, there's no anxiety that Jesus is over everything. And in the last three weeks, we've talked about the ways of Jesus. That Jesus isn't just over everything, but we have the opportunity to, to walk into the ways of Jesus. And we got to follow some of the first disciples. We saw, saw disciples drop their nets and follow him. We saw a disciple leave the tax collector booth and follow him. But those weren't their first disciples of Jesus. Those weren't their first followers of Jesus. The first followers of Jesus began to follow Jesus 30 years before the disciples did. You know the story, right? Mary and Joseph, mom and stepdad, teenager and carpenter. Mary and Joseph began the journey of following Jesus way before the disciples did. So as we enter into the Christmas season, I want to jump into the life of Mary and Joseph, but look through an angle of them being the very first followers of Jesus. And I think you and I can learn a lot about following Jesus from then. So if you have your Bibles, we'll be in Matthew chapter one and Luke chapter one. The verses will be on the screen. Matthew 1.18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Mary had been betrothed to Joseph engaged, legally pledged to be married. Now, the Jewish culture of marriage is way different than American culture of marriage today. And in Jewish culture, many people, uh, the, 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 the bride's uh, parents would pick the, the husband for the bride. It was an arranged marriage. Dad, I'm so thankful we weren't living back in that time because I don't trust you to pick somebody great for me, right? But there was this legal, this transaction and, and at engagement, once, once you picked the bride and the bride you know, picked the, 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 the husband, there was this interaction between the husband's family, the husband and the husband's family where they would give money to the bride. And then for a year, they would have engagement or, or they, they were betrothed for a year. And the reason for this year was to make sure that the woman was clean, that the woman was, was pure, that the woman was a virgin. And the way they decided that is that after a year, if the woman wasn't pregnant, then she was good to go. But if the woman turned up pregnant, there was two options. Either she would die or the man that took advantage of her would die. 
So, so Mary and Joseph engaged, pledged to be married. And then it says, before they came together, Joseph and Mary hadn't slept together. And now Mary's pregnant. Can you imagine the scene? Many scholars believe Mary's between the age of 12 and 14 and she's a virgin. And can imagine what you're thinking. A 14 year old pregnant? Dads, any, any daughters that are 12 to 14 in the room? <laughs> hey, online, you have daughters that are 12 to 14? Aren't they still taking naps in the middle of the day, losing their cell phone and blaming all the world for their problems? I mean, Mary's 12 to 14 and, and, and now she's pregnant. What about the expectations from the in-laws? Her own parents? You may struggle with your in-laws coming in town because they're going to teach you how to parent, but Mary had to deal with God Almighty as being her father-in-law. And, and Mary's, Mary's stuck in this situation. She, she's battling the expectations of family, but Mary was chosen to be the mother of Jesus. Let's look at her story in Luke chapter 1. And Luke chapter one, verse 28 says, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Could you imagine that happening in your life? Could you imagine as a teenager, or even as a grown adult, you, you whether asleep at night or whether you're in the middle of something and, and an angel appeared to you and says, greetings, you who are highly favored. Do you ever think you're highly favored? I mean, you're, you're not good enough, right? That's what you tell yourself. I don't follow Jesus enough. I don't read the Bible enough. I don't pray enough. There's no way God would pick me. Mary had to have been in this situation. And then he tells Mary, the Lord is with you. Jesus was, was physically with Mary. And it had to have made it easier for Mary, knowing that an angel had spoke to her and now Jesus was actually inside of her womb. But she knew what would happen. If it became public news that she was pregnant, there was a decision that would have to be made. It was either her dying, Joseph dying, or some other man dying. So you read it, right? Mary kind of briskly ran off to Elizabeth because the angel had told her that Elizabeth was pregnant too. Now, it's interesting in scripture that, that Mary stays with Elizabeth for three months. Uh, Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And at nine months pregnant, Mary leaves uh, Elizabeth and comes back home. You can do all kind of research. You can go down this, this dark hole if you want. The reality is it could have possibly been that, that, that Mary was nine months into engagement with Joseph when she got pregnant. She, she, she ran and, and, and was hanging out with Elizabeth for three months. And then when she came back her 12 months, her year was over. And maybe at that point, Joseph got to see the little belly bump, the three month belly bump in Mary's belly. Maybe at that point, that's when Mary told Joseph, but, but we, don't, we don't know how Joseph found out about Mary. Could you imagine all that Mary had to surrender? I mean, Mary had to surrender her whole life. Mary had to surrender her body. Mary had to surrender the perfect wedding ceremony. Mary had to surrender what other people thought about her. Mary had to surrender her dreams. Mary had to surrender her expectation of what her son's life would look like. Mary had to surrender the control while her son was murdered on a cross. Mary had to sur surrender, and maybe you and I need to surrender this morning. 
It's interesting that the angel tells Mary the news of her being pregnant before she knew she was pregnant. And Joseph knew that she was pregnant when the angel told him, but we don't know exactly how it got played out with Joseph and him knowing that Mary got pregnant, but we, also, but we do know that, that Joseph was frustrated, that Joseph was down and out. Men, could you imagine being engaged to your wife, being engaged to your future bride, and then she shows up and saying, the Holy Spirit gave me a baby. I mean, if it was me, I'd be like, did he give you a pet unicorn too? I mean, could you imagine this situation? And Joseph's standing there going, this isn't what I dreamed of. This wasn't the expectation of my life. Mary, you, Jesus, you're, you're going to ruin everything for me. But then Joseph considered. We read Joseph's account in Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. It says, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. As he considered these things. Many of us in our life, we make knee jerk decisions, don't we? When tragedy hits, when we get the bad phone call, we go right into plan mode. Hey, how are we going to fix this? How are we going to cover this up? How are we going to be safe? And Joseph's in this moment of, man, do I invite Mary to come live with me? Or do I dismiss her quietly? And the scripture says, and Joseph considered. Church, would you consider this morning? Next time you're faced with tragedy, Next time you get fired unexpectedly. Next time you're battling with infertility. Next time the, the grandma passes away or the, the doctor calls with the cancer diagnosis. Like I, I'm not trying to dismiss what's going on in your life, but, but could, could you be willing to stop and consider? The year of engagement was over. It was time to move in together. And Mary moved in with Joseph. What in the world? Could you imagine the scene? Could you imagine the whispers? Is that Joseph's baby? I didn't know Mary was like that. And they moved in together. Do you realize how much Joseph had to surrender? Do you realize that he had to surrender his image? That Joseph had to surrender his plans for his life. That Joseph had to surrender what his idea of fatherhood looked like. That Joseph had to surrender his pride. He was marrying a pregnant woman. That Joseph had to surrender being right, being in control and fixing the situation. That Joseph had to surrender to his marriage, deciding to honor and respect Mary, even when things didn't make sense. Joseph and Mary had to surrender. Because their problem wasn't going away. The angel came and spoke to Mary. The angel came and spoke to Joseph. The angel didn't come to the middle of town hall and proclaim to the city, hey guys, I know this is wild, but I've spoken to Mary, she's okay. I've spoken to Joseph, he's okay. Now let me speak to you to allow you in on the situation. 
The New Testament wasn't written for 30 to 40 years after the birth of Jesus. So for the first 30 to 40 years for the life of Jesus, the whispers continued. When the high school reunion got back together and they were flipping through the yearbook, they would, do you remember Mary, the good old girl? She wasn't that good, was she? And Joseph, he, he was a promising carpenter. I wonder what kind of business and kind of empire he could have ran, but, but then Mary got pregnant. Mary and, and Joseph had to continue to surrender. Mary and Joseph never had an emotional moment of surrender. That was just the beginning lifestyle for them. Surrender is the opposite of control. In true surrender, we don't know if what's come, what's to come will be better or worse or more comfortable or more awful. All we know is that we can't do it this way, the way we've been doing it a moment longer. Church, what do you have to surrender today? I have three, three prompts, three suggestions that you can surrender. Number one, surrender your season. Not just 2020, not just COVID, not... Not just this year, but, but look back at your life and look back at the seasons you've been through. So many of us, we, we go through different times in our lives. And as I counsel people who come in and out of our church, one of the things I say most often is like, hey, this is just a season. And sometimes I, I feel like I'm emotionally departed from the individual, but, but this is just a season. Mary and Joseph, they were just in a season. I don't know how long the whispers lasted. I don't know how often or how long they had to dodge their old friends. But at some point, at some time, they began, the season began to lift in their lives. You've experienced this, right? I mean, some of your darkest moments, moments they're not dark anymore. Some of your biggest tragedies, they're not as tragic anymore. As you're in the middle of the thing, it feels sometimes that the season is, is controlling you. But I'm asking you, man, can you... Can you control or can you surrender your season? And maybe it's a season of infertility. Maybe it's just this bad season in marriage. Maybe it's a season of battling cancer. One action step that, that you and I both can take in this season is to set our alarms. I want you to pull out your phone and I want you to set your alarms to 5.16 p.m. Go ahead and do it. We all have phones. Grab your phone and set your alarm every day this week to 5.16, a reminder that, that, that you're not going to be stuck in this season. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18, it says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Many times in our seasons, we lose track of what God's done in our lives. Many times in our seasons, we're so dark that we, we don't see any light. And maybe this season, maybe it is COVID, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's just a dysfunctional home environment, maybe it's some bad news that you received last week or bad news you're going to receive this week. I, I encourage you to set your alarm and remember, hey, this season will not define me. I cannot control this season. I need to surrender it. Surrender your season. Number two, surrender your silence. In the midst of the craziness, in the midst of the chaos, many times in our lives, we, we shrink back into a place of solitude. 
If you remember the story of Joseph, Joseph said, I just want to dismiss her, divorce her quietly. I'm just going to shove it underneath the rug. I'm just going to ignore it. Church, I think many times in our lives that, 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 that as Joseph tried to divorce Mary quietly, many of us began and tried to live of Jesus very quietly. Maybe some of y'all in this room, maybe online, you're considering, man, do I just dismiss Jesus quietly? It's been eight months since I've been back in a church building. Being online is just different. Maybe I should just stop and divorce her quietly. You're not going to write a letter to the pastor asking them to remote, re- revoke your membership, but you're just going to dismiss us, the church, quietly. And maybe it's Jesus that you're trying to dismiss, or maybe it's your faith and how you live your life. Yesterday, my, my dad and I were driving to a um, rehearsal for my niece's wedding. That's this afternoon at four that I'm officiating. And as I was driving to the, the venue in Duluth, uh, I got pulled over by a police officer. Whoop, whoop. With my dad in the car. Dad, this normally doesn't happen. I pull into a parking lot and I knew why he was pulling me over. I've had an expired tag since August. I can't defend that one. The cop comes to my door and he goes, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, yes, sir, I have an expired tag. He goes, that's been expired since August. I know. Um, I recently moved to Alpharetta, but man, I just haven't got it done. And he goes, you know how easy it is, don't you? I do. Do you want to do it for me? No. Uh, He goes, let me me grab your license. And, And he goes back to his car and I begin to have the conversation with my dad. And my dad goes, hey, Ryan, um, what would it look like for you to pray over the police officer right now? I'm like, to get out of the ticket? <laughs> like if I get out of this vehicle right now and start walking towards him and like, I wanna pray for you, I just wanna pray. Don't think that would end well. And he goes, no, just, just, just pray for the police officer. <laughs> and I said, okay. The police officer comes up and he goes, so hey, I'm gonna write you a ticket and here's your ticket. You can sign here, the court date here. And I was like, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, bless you, thank you. And he gives me the ticket and I sign it and I go, hey, this, this might be the most difficult season of your entire life, right? And he kind of looks at me. He said, I'm a pastor in Alpharetta. I don't know where, where you live, but I'm a pastor in Alpharetta. And um, man, I know you have to be struggling through this season of your life. Can I pray for you? And uh, he goes, yeah. When I was telling this story to my wife last night, she goes, did he close his eyes? Because that could be very dangerous. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I don't know. I closed mine. I began to pray for him and just pray for his safety and pray for his family. And I said, amen, and tears were welling up in his eyes. And he goes, I've never had that happen to me before ever in my life. And I said, yeah. I said, man, Jesus is what I base my life on. Jesus is my rescuer. And hey, I don't know what you're doing tomorrow morning, but you can come hang out with us. And he goes, man, I live way far away. And he paused and he goes, I feel really bad right now for giving you a ticket. And I said, prove it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I said, no, dude, I broke the law. I made a mistake, but let me, let me pray for you. Maybe some of you need to surrender your silence today. Maybe this week you need to have an awkward prayer with someone this week. Maybe when you're going through the grocery store and as you're paying for your food, you, you ask the cashier, hey, can I pray for you real quick? I know there's a line, but can I pray for you real quick? Maybe as you're walking through grocery store shopping and you see someone go, this is awkward and weird, but can I pray for you real quick? Some of us, some of us in this room need to surrender our silence. And the last thing, some of you, some of us need to surrender our selfishness. 
that Mary and Joseph had to surrender their lives and their expectations. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus yet? Have you surrendered everything? Have you surrendered your motivations? Have you surrendered your dreams from childhood? Have you surrendered your expectation of what a family looks like? Have you surrendered your career? Have you surrendered the, the name calling and the, the blackmail? Have, have you surrendered everything to follow Jesus? And what it looks like, again, you don't see Mary and Joseph coming together and go, are we gonna do this thing? Convince me. Let's go to church for six weeks first. I don't know what the process is for this thing first, but Mary and Joseph, Mary just goes, yeah, I'll do it. Now Joseph considered, man, you get it. We gotta consider. But then Joseph goes, okay, Mary, come move in. We're gonna follow this baby in your womb. We're gonna follow this mission laid before us. And I'm gonna trust that this angel, this church thing, this direction we're going, this believe in Jesus, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust it. And man, it's so hard to trust, right? I remember the first time Ashley got pregnant with our five-year-old Riley. For nine and a half months, she was pregnant and I really wasn't still convinced there was a baby inside there. It's unfair. She gets to feel the baby kick. She gets to have the morning sickness. She gets to experience it all. And as a husband and father, I'm like, I, I think I felt a kick or was that indigestion? I, I don't know. It took me nine months really to get in the right frame of mind at the delivery of my daughter to go, holy cow, I'm a father. Joseph, the moment the angel prompted him, he goes, come move in. We're gonna do this thing. And many of you in this room, many of you online, you've been in that nine month window for, for way longer than nine months. You've been scared to death. You're not convinced. Jesus, prove it. I'm not gonna follow you until I see you, but I beg you, you have two options, surrender or death. The, the two Frenchmen, they were stuck with the decision. We've killed 600 men, but there's 1400 men left. Do we surrender or do we die? Two Frenchmen came and said, we're done, we're done. We surrender under one condition. Don't kill us and we send us back to France. Many times in our lives, we think surrender is we lose. We give up, we forfeit. But surrender and these two Frenchmen led to freedom. Men, surrendering your life, your career, makes you no less of a man. You don't lose. You don't take the easy way out. You and I receive freedom. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for this place. Thank you so much for these people. I pray, Jesus, that, man, we respond to you. I pray, Jesus, that we would surrender everything to you. And just like Mary and Joseph, there's no secret potion. There's no perfect formula. But I, I pray, Jesus, if there's people in this room right now who've never surrendered everything to Jesus, Jesus, I pray they surrender it now. 
And maybe it's a, a whisper out loud. Maybe it's a whisper in their souls, but I pray, Jesus, if people wanna surrender their life to you and begin to follow you and trust you, I pray, Jesus, say this whisper, hey, Jesus, I surrender. I wanna follow you. The Bible says that if you surrender to Jesus, that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, and then, then you're saved. You're a follower of Jesus forever. And in a way we do that here to mark the moment is that we raise our hand. This relationship, this surrender to Jesus isn't just this private one, it's a public one. And so if you surrendered to Jesus this morning, I'm gonna count to three in a second. And I just ask that you raise your hand. Online, I ask that you raise your hand. One, two, three. Yeah, praise Jesus. And Jesus, thank you so much for coming to this earth. Thank you so much for not leaving us. Thank you so much for not allowing us to lose. Thank you so much for giving us the option to surrender to you. Jesus, I love you. Amen.